Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Doe Grabbers, it's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I'm your TV guide, Brett White, and this week I'm joined by Crystal Beth. Hello, Crystal Beth. Oh, hello, Brett. Hello, world. Yes, how are you doing today? I'm good. You're out here in Queens. Oh, I'm so far from home. <laughs> I went on the subway in the wrong direction. Oh, geez. Like I'm new or something, no. but... Yeah, you've lived, in, you've lived in New York for how long? Seven years. Jeez, yeah, you should uh, give back your New Yorker card. I know. Yeah, that, that resets it. You now are back at one. No! <laughs> oh, God, could you imagine? If every, if every like, rookie mistake you made, you, like, not time <gasps> off your am I able to call myself a New Yorker I would cred. leave. I would have to leave. <laughs> uh, this week on the show, we are traveling to January 23rd, 1988. Good Morning Vietnam rolled the box office. The Way You Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson topped the charts, and The Golden Girls aired Grab That Dough. Crystal Beth, you must have seen Grab That Dough before. I have seen that. Yes! I saw it for the first time maybe last year, and then this... I just watched it for this. Yeah, did you did you just recently do like a Golden Girls rewatch, or did you catch it on one of the thousands of times it's on the week during uh, like syndication? It was... Uh, <laughs> So, Golden Girls and I have a new relationship Ooh. where I didn't watch it when I, growing up, we didn't have TV, so I didn't really grow up watching anything, which really put me behind, but then as I got older and we started it, we started getting TV and I would watch Golden Girls and it would be, um, it would come on and I'd be like, oh, old people stuff, and I'd change the channel. <laughs> and then as I got older, all my friends were talking about how much they liked it and how great it was, that's, that's when I started watching it. And, um, Is it like high school or uh, late high college? school, okay. beginning of college? A lot of my friends in college really liked it. Oh, so yeah. That was when I was picking and choosing the one, the episodes that I want to watch. Um, I have not seen all of them, but Golden Girls makes me feel good. <laughs> it just makes me feel good when I and I, it makes me upset that I missed so many years with it. Where I think that as a teen, this would be would have been perfect for me to watch. Yeah. Just to understand that it's okay to be a woman. I, my dad, when I, whenever I would be annoying, he would always say to me, you're acting like a woman. And it was a horrible thing. I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm not a girl. And I would be so pissed. Wow. And I never wanted <clears throat> to be a woman. It made me, it made me feel gross thinking about it because it was something uh-huh. that seemed like a bad thing. 
And I think that having this when I was younger would have helped turn that around sooner. Yeah. I'm happy now, but. Yeah. <laughs> Golden Girls is like unapologetically womanly in like almost all definitions of that term. And not in a gross way or no. annoying way or a petty way. It's just good. Yeah. I, I remember, like, I have loved this show for as long as I can remember. Like, I mean, it started in, I think, 85, and so I was born in 84. So, like, it has been around for as long as I can remember. My mom loved this show, and I remember being a little kid and watching Golden Girls with my mom. Like, first, first run, <clears throat> I specifically remember, like, watching the, I think, final episode, the one where Leslie Nielsen guest stars as Dorothy's new husband. Um, I remember watching that as it happened, and then I also remember as a little kid watching Golden Palace, the oh, spinoff yeah. of Golden Girls with no is, Dorothy. With right? no Dorothy, I and, never saw any of those. And with Don Cheadle, Basically, what? Don Cheadle and Cheech Marin are the other uh, cast members on that show. I don't know how I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, crazy. It is. That's a lost pop culture artifact. Because I'll bring up Golden Palace, even like Golden Girls fans, are like, what are you talking about? It's like, like they're oh, talking about a buffet, a one, buffet. Yeah. <laughs> in Times Square, just off. Uh, I yeah, and so and I've always loved this show. I and it's just it's it, like you said, it is the one of the most comforting shows to watch and to rewatch over and over and over again. I just did another series we rewatch uh, in like the last two months. I have to do that. There's there's definitely episodes I have missed because I have not been able to sit and just watch them all the way through because I'm too busy doing that with everything that's Star Wars. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but every episode that I do catch and I do watch and everything I read about it and everything everyone says about it, it just it's just happy. Yeah. You talk about everything. Yeah. That's one, that's one of the great things about this show is that there is... I noticed in my rewatch, I was like, when do they start tackling the issues? And it's season five, which is also when they switched over showrunners. The original showrunners left at the end of season four, and they got a new showrunner in, and that's a season where, like, Rose has an AIDS scare. Yeah, They keep going to homeless shelters over and over again. But the fun thing about the show is that even though they tackle these super serious issues, it still brings the jokes, like, no matter what. It, it will get serious, but it is still so funny. And the actors know their characters. They know oh. who they are so much that even if the, like, if the writers were like, bah, we're just not going to write an episode, go have fun. They'd be <laughs> able to do it because they, I don't know, it's like a modern family. Yeah. Or this is us now, too. Those actors, they know who they are so much. You just need to put them in a room together and they'll figure out what to do and what's funny. Yeah, and this, um, this episode that we watched in particular is interesting because it's one episode where the girls are actually pit against each other. Which usually it's like the four of them against the world or the four of them against like sexism or ageism. But this is one where it is halfway through the episode it turns to Dorothy and Blanche versus Sophia and Rose. Yes. So yeah, this week we're talking about Grab That Dough, which is the 16th episode of season three. It was written by Winifred Hervey, who was a longtime like producer of the show. She was on for the first couple years. And it's directed by Terry Hughes, who was like the house director of the show. He directed almost every episode. Uh, here's how Hulu describes the episode. <laughs> Sophia manages to get tickets for the ladies. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, is that... So how accurate do you find that to be? Manages to get tickets for the ladies. Well, because whenever you say grab that dough, I think you're going to stop at the D, and it's just going to say that grab D. that D. <laughs> if this is so... a modern sitcom, it would probably... That would be the title of the episode. It'd be grab that D, yes. just to get people to watch it. Exactly. 
But then uh, the tickets also make it's like, okay, maybe it's to Chippendales? Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to go see Bruce Springsteen? Like, what is happening? So the episode itself is about Sophia finally gets tickets to grab that dough, which is a very, very stereotypical, like, 80s game show that is just a generic trivia show, and then they spin a wheel, and they get put into a vacuum tube that shoots money around, and they grab the dough. Like, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Which I would never want to do. No, I, yeah. would, I would love, the idea of it is appealing, but I don't want money anywhere near my face. Oh, dirty money. It's so gross. Even hundos. No, yeah. I don't, want, I don't want it just like slumping me or getting stuck on my lip When or Dorothy something. gets in there, they put goggles on her. They really should put like one of those uh, like face masks, masks yeah. there or something on there too. <laughs> uh, so Sophia gets these tickets, but it turns out she put her old, her old address from Sicily like by the by the river down under, under the, the bridge. down under the bridge. Hey, we were fortunate. Some people didn't even have a bridge. Yeah. Couldn't afford a bridge. Couldn't so, afford a bridge. So it goes on a roundabout way and only gets there like the day before they're taping. So they're like, ah but they get on a red eye, they get out to Hollywood and not the Harla- Hollywood on what what did Sophia because Rose is like Hollywood, California and Sophia says no, the planet Snorlax or the something. The planet Romulac. 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 Yeah, Snorlax is a Pokemon. Snorlax is yeah. a Pokemon. Yes. So not a planet Pokemon. Um, so yeah, they get out there, and it's it's a, this is a classic, also a classic bad luck episode because they get there, their luggage is lost. They get to the hotel, the rooms be given away because it's past three a.m. That which sleep. is just insane. Yeah, that's mean. Also, yeah, who's that is... coming in after three a.m.? Because uh, well, I mean, you... besides them and anyone else coming in on a red, well, red sometimes eye, but... Blanche. Um, I do love when they get there. They're like, "How do we need to check in?" And then I think Sophia's like, "Well, Blanche has experience checking into hotels with no luggage." <laughs> <clears throat> I love, I love so much what a good sport Blanche is. Yeah, she never gets offended. She's like, "Yeah, you're right. I, I love- wish my life. I want to be more <laughs> like her." I specifically noted her response to that to that line because what she does is she like plays bashful. She's like, oh, what? And then she, like, playfully, like, bats at Sophia. And it's like, Sophia just lobbed what is ostensibly an insult at you. Right. And you're like, oh, hush. I am that sexy, though. (laughs) You're right. I know. That's a... Blanche... Like, the Blanche method should be a way we teach people to deal with haters. Yes. Is, like, turn the thing that people are trying to tear you down about into, like, you're confident. Like, you're strict. Like, you're, like, saying, like, don't act like a girl. Be like... I am a girl. Thank you so much Thanks, for saying that. Dad, that's what I am. <laughs> so everyone use the Blanche method. <laughs> I want to. I, just after watching this episode, I was like, that and I, I've realized it. But again, when you're watching something to watch it and then talk about it after, yeah. you watch everything with a much more analytical eye. And after that, I was like, I need to do that. <laughs> Not that anyone ever says anything bad about me, but uh, <laughs> well, your Twitter is at the Crystal Bass. So everyone just tweet. <laughs> oh God, please no, don't. No. Oh, I'll be like, Hi, oh, you're right. Oh, <laughs> terrible. I don't, know, I don't know how to blanch it online. She wasn't. A, she wasn't around for the internet. Uh, <sighs> so they get to the hotel and they have to stay in the lobby because the hotel clerk. I wanted to bring up. We're both huge Star Wars nerds. Listeners might might remember you from the Star Wars Minute podcast, which you were on a lot. And uh, you're also the host of the Fifth Element podcast, so you're into sci-fi stuff. I wanted to bring up that the hotel clerk acts a lot like a snooty Star Wars droid in a way. Because she She does. she, She doesn't talk like or act like a human at all. She is very prim and proper and robotic, and she even it's says... It's against my programming to yeah. impersonate a deity. She says something like, that is, that would be to go out and try and find another... I think we'd just better go to another hotel. Yeah. I 
I'm afraid that would be an exercise in futility. There's not a vacant room in the city. What is All that of like? the hotels in LA are booked. Yeah. It's, Every hotel it is, is so completely weird. booked. We have 12 conventions. <laughs> and I love that. And then also she's like, then you, or you could give me $75 and stay here in the lobby because I want the money or something. Which I looked up, 150 bucks right now. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's I, pretty you good. Know what? I wouldn't pay 150 bucks to sleep in a <laughs> But I just summer. love that, that funny character choice of like, I can imagine Winifred Hervey here at this episode just being like, I need to come up with a reason for them to stay in the hotel lobby. Yes. I'm just going to make this clerk character just be weird. <laughs> She's weird for the sake of being weird, and she just says the things that gets them to just do what the plot needs. You're going to sleep in the lobby so oh. that all their purses can get stolen. I love that when they're like, wow, $75, that's a lot. And she's like, that's why I want it. Yeah, that's so good. It's, so it's good. such a funny way. Like, they weren't talking to her. And you, it seems like it's an aside that the other characters can't hear, yeah. even though they can totally hear. Yeah, because she's and screaming. She's like, that's why I want it. And it's the only time her voice drops down to a normal yeah. voice. But otherwise, like, yeah, she seems very weirdly robotic. This is why I love Golden Girls is because I feel like in general it can be viewed as just like an average sitcom. Uh, but it does weird things. And I think that it doesn't get credit for being weird so much as it does just being a great show. Like, I mean, it gets weird in the way that like an Arrested Development or a 30 Rock gets weird. Yes. Because, um... I mean, even the show Grab That Dough is a weird show. Like, if Full House does a fake game show, that game show probably looks more or less like an actual game show of the time. But Golden Girls is doing a game show episode, and they're also kind of commenting on how stupid game shows are at the same time. And it was... Well, I know they're not going to do a full game show on a uh, TV show, because yeah. it would take up the whole thing. But the fact that the points go up by 100, they ask five questions, and they're like, you have a 500 points! You have yeah. zero points! And it's... I never, I guess I never understood that. When it's a one-to-one relationship between 101 point, just use a point. Yeah. I never understood that. Like, it sounds like more, just, if it's dollars, like, yeah, which it, it is, make uh, sure. makes sense. But um, that, and then all of a sudden, there's this God wheel that can make it so that the team that's the not smart wins out of nowhere. gets right in there. <laughs> so they finally get to, they get to the hotel, they sleep in the lobby, all their stuff gets stolen. Uh, Blanche has an, an erotic dream. In the lobby. And then wakes up and is like, oh, I think I had an erotic dream. (laughs) She's so proud of it. (laughs) There's such a confidence there. Like, she wakes up, notices Uh, that people, strangers, are watching her have an erotic dream. And she's like, yeah, that's what I had. I can still have those. Like, I have control over that. It's pretty great. (laughs) Or something. I love Blanche. And they get to the uh, recordings. They walk to the recording, uh, to the TV studio. And they get there, and as soon as they get there, they Blanche has a plan. And she pulls Dorothy aside and is like, I've been talking to those Kaplan brothers. They're like really smart or whatever. We're gonna join we're gonna join them. And Dorothy's like, I don't wanna leave my mom. And then Blanche has such an amazing turn. <laughs> she just like looks her straight in the eye and is like Dorothy, your mother and Rose are dead weight. And <laughs> gets right up next to her face. Yeah. And all of her southern charm just falls out. And there's nothing scarier than a charming southern belle <laughs> who suddenly gets real serious. They're dead weight. We gotta, oh, what did she say? We gotta let him go. Before, something about roots in the ground or something like that. Oh, I wish I could before remember. Before they drag us down or something? Yeah, before <clears throat> they before she drag us down. Yeah, it's so good. And then, like, Dorothy, like, you know, agrees. And then when they go and tell Rose and Sophia, it's also great. It's great turns for all four of them. Mm-hmm. Where... Uh, 
Rose immediately was like, cut the bull! Yeah! <laughs> I love when she has a big emotion, though, because she's yeah. usually so, like, flighty and like, oh, wow, what's happening? The entire time in this episode, Rose has been like, we're going on an adventure, which, like, mm-hmm. watching this, I am definitely the Rose in this scenario, because I just like going on adventures. Like, I call sleeping at the foot of the bed an adventure. <laughs> Like, I used to do that. I would just, like, sleep upside down in the bed with my head at the foot my feet at the head. Like, like this is the I was on an adventure, and I would be like, I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> uh, sleeping on the couch. That's, a lot of my adventures are, like, sleeping in weird, weird places. Um, but, like, sleeping when, backwards on the couch. What? It's almost too much. So it's fun, like, to see that Rosie the entire time was like, this is an adventure. Our stuff got stolen, but it's an adventure. But this moment, she's like, cut the ball. <laughs> and I love Sophia's response, too, because... She, uh, I don't know, like, Dorothy's, like, trying to be like, oh, but if all four of us are on separate teams, then we have more of a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And then Sophia's response is just, get bent, we're gonna cream you. <laughs> we're gonna cream you. We're gonna maul you. <laughs> it's just so, it's so good. And she's not my favorite character out of all of them. Yeah. It's, she's not my <clears throat> least, well, none of them are really my least favorite, no, yeah. but I feel like a lot of the times when I'm listening to her, it feels like she's reading her lines. Oh, but that's yeah, yeah. kind of what her character is. So yeah. it suits it, but it's just something that's always kind of bugged me. But that is one of my favorite parts that she's ever done where she's like, we're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to drag your corpse across the ground. Like, that's what it feels yeah, like. Her, she, her, it's her, her like, Italian is. Sicilian. Yeah. <clears throat> the funny thing about Estelle Getty, I just read, um, um, it's on my coffee table right here, Jim Colucci's Golden Girls Forever, an unauthorized look behind the lanai. It is an amazing book that has all these inside facts about almost every episode. Estelle Getty, this was her first thing, basically. She was a theater actress in New York, uh, in her, like, late in life. Like, she got started way late. She did a couple of, like, TV movies, a couple of TV episodes. Golden Girls is her first big thing. <clears throat> she had she had so much stage fright, and she also uh, would insist on writing down her lines literally everywhere. So when you say it looks like she's reading it, she probably is. probably is. Because they, um, she would write her lines on everything. Like, not even cue cards. Like, she would, like, if there was a, there was a story in here about there's a scene set in a grocery store, and she was writing her lines on, like, the back of a melon and stuff. And it's not that she, she knew the lines. It was just this weird, like, she was very, very scared and i think it's like a testament to her performance that like she doesn't come across as scared no or intimidated literally no. ever she's very intimidating right <clears throat> um so yeah they split up um one of my favorite jokes and this is like a specific southern thing i think is when dorothy tells rose that we're joining the dorothy Kaplan. and i are gonna team up with the kaplan brothers the kaplan brothers you mean you and dorothy are joining a country <laughs> western band <laughs> that's the gatlin brothers rose uh, do you know who the Gatlin brothers are? I had to look it up. Okay, because th- they're like they're like a southern country gospel like singing group, and yes, they look like what they sound, what their yeah. name sounds like is what they are. Yeah, and because growing up in Tennessee, my grandfather watched the Nashville Network. Every time I would go over to their house or like spend the night with my grandparents, we would always watch the Nashville Network, and he would there was always just shows where groups of six old or middle-aged white men in questionable facial hair and horrible suits (laughs) are just singing and singing and singing. And it's just hours of just singing, 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 singing. And, like, Gatlin Brothers, the Statlers, like, the Oak Ridge Boys. Like, there's just so many. And so that joke always just, like, hits me because I'm like, yep, that's, yep, that's right. I don't know how, 
I guess maybe the Gatlin brothers were big in the 80s. I don't know how Dorothy, a Italian uh, from New York, from Brooklyn. <laughs> she would know. That's interesting. It also could be one of those things where it's just, uh, I'll get fixated on a name if I hear it somewhere. Oh, and maybe yeah. she read something. With them, and that's just a piece of knowledge that stuck with her. If we want to do like a character brain analyst, if we want to analyze that part of it, but so then they start the game show, and it's just like a generic like trivia thing. Uh, The questions are very weird, like simple. I think it's just it's just good setups for jokes, like. Who, like, uh, this Tennessee Williams play was just a movie, and, uh, wait, what's the second one? Oh, who, like, invented the assembly line? Yes. <clears throat> and who's the U.S. Department of... Uh, the Secretary, Secretary of State, of State, State Which was George Schultz. George Not Schultz. Charles who Schultz. Rose says. Yeah, I love Rose's look there. because uh, when she... Because the other guy, the Kaplans are dead weight. They're not good. <laughs> They're so... That, with the buzzer... It's such a real thing, that thing to happen. Like, I, yeah. if I was, I couldn't do a game show like that. No. Because the second they'd answer the question, I'd be on the buzzer in a second, and they'd be like, go ahead. And I'd be like, oh, bologna sandwich. You just, like, say whatever the first thing is. Ugh, I couldn't do that. I love Rose's look when she says George Schultz, because she also looks like she has no idea what she's saying. Like, it's a really good acting moment on uh, Betty White's part. Because I think she knows, like, Rose shouldn't know this, but she's just like, I'm pulling this out of nowhere. I might right. have heard this name at some point, and it is so great. Uh, and then they spin the wheel, they get the dough, and then they trade it for what's behind the door, and <laughs> they go for door number three, and they miss the car, they miss the living room, and they get an electric skillet. <laughs> electric skillets are really nice. Yeah. I man. mean, it's no car, no, and it's no, no living room set with the with clear speakers. Clear speakers? I wrote that down. What were those? That's, like, futuristic for now. Right. Because it was just, like, a weird glass box with, like, speakers in them. I feel and like... And no wires. And no wires. Exactly. I think they were like, we just need to make this look like it's worth $12,000, dollars yeah. God, and it does look like it. I would buy... Those would be, like, good Bluetooth speakers now. The lack of wires makes that seem more Bluetoothy. Yes. If they, the only thing that makes it look like it's not now is that instead of it being one sheet of plastic with the speakers in it, it's the cube. It's a giant cube. It's an actual cube. giant plastic cube <laughs> with no speakers. Uh, and they get a skillet and soup, and so they fly back to Miami and they all make up. Um, the episode ends with basically Sophia, Dorothy having to buy back her mother <laughs> for 50 bucks. And it's so cute when she gets up, she's like, deal, I love you. <laughs> oh, you love her all the time. Oh. You just didn't like her for a minute. Yeah. So, no, Rose is my daughter now. <laughs> So what, uh, I would say, like, what worked about this episode? And I would say, like, all of it? Yeah. It's such a, the jokes per minute on this show is insane. And they feel so natural and so flowy and just, like, it's not like there's writers. It's exactly what I was saying with the characters. The characters are so good that they can take the writer's words and just make it good. And there's a lot of shows that don't do that now where they get to a joke. And I'm like, I know, like, if, if I start saying the joke before it, Come, it's obviously it's less funny when that yeah. happens, and a lot of times it happens, and I'm already rolling my eyes because I'm like, this is a bad joke. This bad joke's about to happen. The great thing about Golden, like the episode, the way the episode starts, Sophia comes in, and her like first line, "I've got something in this old lady purse that's gonna make you scream, holla, and jump for joy." Are the batteries included? <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fucking vibrator joke, yes. like out the gate. <clears throat> and then that joke begets like a couple of reaction shots, which are themselves jokes because 
all the performances are so great, and the directors know we can cut to Dorothy, her reaction's gonna be a joke. Everyone's gonna laugh off that. And then mm-hmm. we can cut to Rose, her confusion's gonna be another joke. <laughs> every sh- every joke on this show begets like two or three more jokes just from the reactions, and the entire episode is like that. Like Sophia has, she has a weird non sequitur um, about torture, the game show in Sicily. Yes. That, like, adds nothing to the oh, show. Oh, what was the name of it? I said it. Torture. <laughs> Mussolini asks you the questions and you better have the answers. Who's got a better girl? Mia Hitler. Who's a snappier dresser? Mia Hitler. Don't get me started about the lightning round, where they use real lightning. <laughs> like, none of that adds anything to the plot. It doesn't do anything, but it is just ridiculous and there, and it is, and it still manages to go by pretty quickly. It does. And it doesn't take a lot of time, and it doesn't take from the meat of it. It's not... It's the good kind of fat, not the fatty kind of fat. Yeah. You don't want to trim that fat. You want to keep it for the flavor. <laughs> I work at a steakhouse. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I expect only steak references, metaphors for the rest of the show. That's all I have. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, did anything not work? It's- there was no part in that episode that was jarring in any way. I never felt upset by anything or (laughs) confused. Oh, I mean, I was confused a lot because a lot of the references I had to look up. I didn't know the names of half of the people. Oh, I knew the, um, who she pretended to be. No, Angie Dickinson. Yes. I know her. Yeah. uh, Because she's beautiful. Beautiful woman, which is even better that Blanche was like, that's who I am. Oh, and then they run through all those uh, game show hosts. Yes. And also, yes, and that was the teeth in Sway. Yeah, there's a lot of teeth. What's a fun note there? I mean, like, they mentioned Gene Rayburn, and Betty White was, like, a regular on Match Game in the 70s. And Betty White was married to a game show host, Alan Ludden. Oh, look at that. So, like, a lot of people view this episode as, like, a fun thing, because it's like, oh, like, Betty White was known for just being on a ton of game shows in the 70s, and so it was, like, cool to see her on this. I've been on a lot of game shows. I've been on one. Yeah, that's the thing. I was... I mean, speaking about things that, like, do they age well or not, uh, I was thinking we don't have game shows like this, but we do. We, there are still game shows that come the on. The Wall. Yeah, like, yeah, they're those kind Kill of Kill me. Yeah. I'm, I will it's never watch it. fucking it's, Plinko. Out of all the games from Price is Right, I would have wanted the Yoda one. Yeah, yeah. I would have done Yoda the Yoda one. one. That I would have watched. Or, uh, the Dice game is really good I also. like the Dice one. I realize I work from home and I should be watching Price is Right every single day, but I'm not, and I don't know why. It's only for when you're sick. Yeah, that's when I was a kid. That's all it was. I remember one time, I in the final showcase, I got within $100, and I won both showcases. What? But I wasn't a contestant, and no, I was also like seven, so it didn't work. <laughs> 
but I, I don't like everything on this show. Just in general, like the writing is so good, the directing is so good, the performances on all four of them are just so good. And the thing is, they're so good from the very beginning. Like mm-hmm. pilot is a little bit different. Second episode hit the ground like, and it, and it also doesn't let up. The show just gets weirder as it go on goes on. It doesn't get bad. It gets weird, and that's also partly because Mitchell Hurwitz, who created Arrested Development. Got his start on on Golden Girls. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's awesome. There's some. There was a. There's a really really crazy episode in like season six or so, and or maybe season seven, where a hurricane is coming, and Sophia is wearing a T-shirt that says "Take me, I'm ready, Hurricane 91." Ha! <laughs> that's wait. Was it Hurricane Bob? Uh, it might have been Andrew. Something Andrew. Which would have been right before Bob, because Bob was... kicked the crap out of Rhode Island in '91. Oh, uh, I think it was probably because Andrew hit. Right, it might have just been like a generic like. Right. Hurricanes are in this season. <laughs> Everyone's talking about hurricanes. <laughs> I guess you can't do a show set in Miami without having a couple hurricanes. Yes, there are a couple. Especially. There are a good like. I think there might be two or three hurricane episodes throughout the entirety of their run. Hurricanes are crazy. Yeah, I remember when Hurricane Bob came. Uh, we got the eye over the storm, the eye of the storm, everything we got. It was oh, the geez. hardest Rhode Island's gotten hit in a while. And I went, uh, I was trying to find my mom and I couldn't find my mom anywhere. And I thought she went outside into the hurricane. So at the most powerful part of the storm, I'm outside screaming with stuff like blowing all around oh, yeah. me with one shoe on hopping up and down. How old were you? Screaming for my mom. 91. Oh, six, seven. I was like, nah. And my mom was in the basement and she heard like a tiny voice outside and was like, Gusto, get back in here. And I was like, I thought you were in the hurricane. Because, you know, you get ready for a hurricane and kids try to make things, I mean, parents try to make less scary for kids. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Hurricane 91. I have memories of that. And I had cat scratches all over my back too. I got attacked by a cat. That I was trying to love. See, this a sounds like a Golden before. Girls episode. Yeah, that's what it like all this all put together. Um, I'm trying, uh, the, I, the, the show itself ages so well, and I think it ages well. What I want to learn, what I'm learning through doing this show, is like good writing is kind of always good writing. It's timeless. It's just because like the the three episodes we've watched so far for this show are like they're old, but like the jokes are just so good, and the character if the jokes are good and the characters are defined and the actors are confident uh, in delivering them, it just is always timeless. Yeah. Like, lesser shows or your more schmaltzy shows, like your Full Houses and stuff, which don't age as well because, like, the jokes are maybe... You've heard them before. Like, they're and not they're that And they're geared original. more towards children. Yeah, like, they're not... Whereas, like, this show has these four very distinct characters and it gets so much comedy out of pairing them off, like... It's interesting that this is a Blanche and Dorothy team up, because usually it's a Blanche and Rose teaming up against Dorothy and Sophia. And it's cool to see how they were always willing to make new combinations and see how these personalities bounce off of each other. It ages so well. I highly suggest everyone always watch Golden Girls. Yes. Uh, one thing that was I was noticing while watching this episode, Dorothy's outfit 100% saw the same exact one in Williamsburg last week. Oh, really? God. Just the long, a yeah. long cape flowy thing with boots with pants tucked into them with a little oh, gems yeah. on That's them. That's right. And a, oh, a stiff, loose collar with a bow on it. That's, yep. That outfit? Yep. Is an outfit. I, I, can't w- I that. want that shawl thing that she's wearing. It's beautiful. When I was growing up, Dorothy was always the one that was like, she dresses horribly. But now, like, yeah, I can imagine. 
young girls wearing that exact same thing. Now, I can't imagine young girls wearing anything else any of the other ones wear. No. Although, I do love... This episode features Blanche's iconic red top because I have a Golden Girls Funko figure that she's wearing that exact outfit. And then I also have the Golden Girls Funko pop. And she's oh, wearing there that it exact is. Outfit too. It's, uh, and I think also that's the, that's the outfit that uh, Rose is wearing in the episode too. The blue like suit kind of thing. Yes, with the, the flowy. They're wearing yeah. very much older women clothes. Yeah. But I, couldn't, I could not, even uh, uh, Blanche's over overlit. Oh yeah, she had like this like now. cool like shoulder pads out. whatever that thing was. It was like a big drapey thing. Yes. That looked like it looked like McDonald's wallpaper from the 90s. Or like Taco, like Taco Bell wallpaper <laughs> from the 90s. It was like a gray with like black triangles on it and stuff. Yes. Also, in the very first scene on the table, they have two creamer pours. Yeah. They sell the exact ones at Anthropology. Ah. Uh. Which is this crazy. is what we're in now. Yeah, I was just uh, before taping. I was at Gap, uh, just like I was just like shopping around, and one of the big display mannequins in Gap, the model, which is advertising towards modern young women because it's Gap, which is you know for she's wearing a denim jumpsuit, a sleeveless like light denim oh my gosh. jumpsuit. Like, like acid washed almost? Almost. And and the and uh, a built in like belt with like a tie, like a tie belt around the waist. And I'm like, <laughs> that is what mothers wore moth like a girl that would wear that now is wearing what her mother like literally her mom wore in her thirties or forties when she would come for like the, the class party and help hand out cookies. Like because <laughs> I look at that, I'm like, that's exactly what my mom would wear if she was coming to school to help me with like a oh. class project or something. I'm like, how is this coming back? So yeah, like Golden Girls has now cycled back into being around. Super cool. Uh there's also a moment I, I always like to talk about like how would technology change this episode? Um like, if they all had iPhones, all their iPhones would have also gotten stolen out of their purse, because it would have been in the purse. But there would have been security cameras there to be able oh, to see... Oh, who did it? Who did it? And then the rest of the episode would just been, like, a weird CSI, like, trying to track it. Find them. The, find them. Because <laughs> the cop comes in and is like, so if you can't tell me what they look like, we're not going to be able to help you. And I was like, oh, there's yeah. no security cameras there! Oh, yeah, their hat. Yeah, that's crazy. And then I love that Blanche, like, well, what if I just want to get in touch with you to, like, hang out or something? He doesn't respond. No. He just walks away. <laughs> I he, like, it. looks at her for a half a second. And, and then just goes. Walks away. That's a weird decision. <laughs> <laughs> no reaction. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if he really wanted to say something. Because that half a second of hesitance, I bet he's so bad, just wanted to be, like, yeah. to give a one quick extra zinger or something. And then was like, I can't, it's not in the script. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, um, B. Arthur hated improv. That was, she did not like it when people added lines to the script. The week that, um, the week that Don Rickles was on, they had a real big problem with Don Rickles. Or no, it wasn't Don Rickles, it was a Mickey Rooney. When Mickey Rooney came on, he just, like, didn't do any of the script, and that, like, made her so mad. Um, also speaking about their clothes, almost everything that Blanche and Dorothy wore was handmade by the costume designer. Wow. She designed all their clothes, the two of them. And then so, uh, Sophia and Rose just wore, like, off the Old lady stuff. clothes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and uh, like, Rue McClanahan, like, kept a lot of those clothes and just wore them. And then, apparently, the late 80s, she had her own, like, line of clothes that were, like, those it. designs in stores. Of course. <laughs> they, they dress so comfortably. Yeah, yeah, that's what, Dorothy's just super comfortable. At all times. She's just, like, swimming in, like, cool fabrics. She's flowy and shawly and yeah. just 
That's what I want. I just want to wear graphic tees and a flowy thing over it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> That's a. It all works with their body language too. Like you would think that wearing so much fabric would hinder a performance, maybe. Mm-hmm. But she still says so much for like her hands and her and her face, of course. Yes. Like her and her shoulders and stuff. There's such a. They all carry themselves. The movement of the fabric helps too, though. Yeah. So like the way that. And I guess it is, yeah, with Blanche and Dorothy, definitely, I see it more with them, with how yeah. they move in their clothes. And it's, I mean, again, once you get in costume for what your character is, you're going to feel more like them. And I yeah. feel, it just, I feel like it just helps to be, like, sway and flippy. <laughs> you're, like, flipping all your fabrics around. And oh, I just love it so much. Uh, I'm trying to think if anything else from the technology wouldn't affect I me. Mean, all this stuff could still happen today. Because, like, they took a red eye, they got there. Uh, I mean, they probably could have called the hotel if they had had phones and been like, hey, don't give our room away. Yes. <laughs> Please, that would be Oh, helpful. how did they get into the show without their IDs? Oh, yeah. That's the, that was one of the things I was thinking about. And that's something that did, that is it. That's that, what didn't fit for that's me. That's what, boom, that's what's I wrong with this episode. I feel it, I felt it a little I bit. I never thought of that. Um... Even back then, yeah, you need an ID you... to get. If we're like, I'm sorry, our bags were stolen. You need to get back here. Security, even security in the 30s would have yeah. been like, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also weird because game shows. This isn't like they got tickets to like a studio audience. Which I mean, I worked at Late Show in the studio audience, and we had to vigorously check IDs. And if it did not match exactly what was on the list, they couldn't come in. Um, but still, like they, but they were going on a game show. So it is weird that for being contestants on a game show, they didn't have to go through a rigorous like audition mm-hmm. process. When uh, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I had to audition three times. Yeah, and I had to bring my social security card, my passport, and my license. All three of them. Grab that dough must be hard up for contestants because they're just like taking anyone who sends in. Anyone that applies. Well, I mean, they got those Kaplan brothers on there, and they were dumb as a box of rocks. Oh. So I want to know what the conversation was that uh, Blanche overheard. Oh yeah, they, well, that, was how, the that she smart. found out about the forty thousand dollars. Like yeah. what? I wonder. I want to know if she came in at the end where the guy had said, "I wish we had won forty thousand dollars." She came in at they won forty thousand dollars. What was the and also what is their relation to the other two women that uh, Sophia and Rose get paired up with? They're not because, important. Yeah, it's like it's weird because like that's the other half of this. I want to see the Kaplan brothers going to. I guess could those be their wives? I mean, like <laughs> by the way, we're gonna team up with these other two random ladies because and they, they were said like, we're smart good you know what we're sick of you right now anyway you big dum-dums divorce you kept touching the donuts that you weren't gonna eat i had to buy every single one you touched you dumb boy <laughs> i yeah um i think everything else in the episode i mean we've we've finally found some faults and i'm you know i'm sad about that we had to <laughs> dig yeah we really did uh but i also think that's kind of just they needed to to just get the show going yeah which I'm fine with. But, and it's I'm one of those things where it's... If the, everything was fixed, you wouldn't have the show. Yeah. And even if it is something that's... Oh, okay. It's the same thing as the God Wheel of uh, <laughs> so we play games. So it's just like, tube. Get, get her in the tube. <laughs> we need to get her on there, but we need our bags to get stolen. So I'm going to move on to the trivia portion oh, of this. Um, so I always talk about the ratings and where the episode uh, ranked the week it aired in the ratings. Uh, super hard to find for this, sh- for like shows from the late 80s I'm discovering. Well, for actually any show before the 90s. Um, but in general, I did find like general stats, and I think the episode had around 30 million viewers. Okay. Which is, 
pretty good. And it, I've never had that many. Yeah, no. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. I get 500 tops. Oh, give me uh, more. Like, all my tweets all my tweets only get, like, you click on the little thing, and it's like, what's the interaction? Oh, gosh. Uh, it's like, I have, like, you know, 4,000 followers, but only, like, 70 interactions. <laughs> or, or, like, whatever. Um, and for the week, it ranked in the top 10, which I think Golden Girls was always a big hit. It might have been the number one show over the week. It was really hard to... Really hard to figure out. I need to get... I had to, like, go to a, uh, like, a archived website from, like, a Wisconsin local paper that... Wow. That had... I think, like, a computer had just taken all the text from a newspaper and dumped it into, like, a file. So it wasn't even, like, line breaks or nothing. I had to, like, search for the word Golden Girls. It was a lot of stuff. But I'm pretty sure it was top ten. It might have been in the top three. Um, so this is a... The IMDb rating... Uh, 140 users on a scale of 1 to 10 gave this episode a 7.7. Would you say higher, lower, or is that about right? I mean, I think I would go at least an 8. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not the most political or no, the, no punchy. One gets, no one gets AIDS in this episode. No one gets AIDS no in this episode. No one gets almost AIDS. Uh, no homeless people. No. So I feel like out of what pe- I think people would rate on, the criteria being how deep they're going, I think, <laughs> and the amount of jokes, I think this is a high, high middle. Okay. I would give it an eight, easily. Yeah. I would go eight. I mean, I would, I would say in like eight, I would say like 8.6 or 8.7. Uh, I, it's I not over- a 10 because of no. those IDs. No, yeah, because there's so many plot holes. We, we destroyed the logic of this episode. Ugh, we ripped it apart. It's horrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> um, oh, the other thing. Uh, who has the must-see performance of this episode? I forgot that I asked this, and I wasn't even trying to pay attention to that while watching it. So, who is basically the MVP of this episode? Oh, my it's gosh. It's a hard one. It's I, all four. For me, it's torn between... Blanche and the host. Oh, I really liked the host, Guy Corbin. Yeah, it's when he said that. What would? Oh gosh, my, um, this. Yeah, is it the? the is it, a, why don't you both shut up and answer the question? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then as soon as it goes to commercial break, not even a second. He's like, "Thank you." Bye. Face drop. Bye. And he just keeps leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I also like when he first walks in. They're talking to the the like model at the craft services table. He walks up. <laughs> Good morning, ladies, and welcome to our show. I'm Guy Corbin, and this morning I've arranged something especially for you. Fresh ground coffee and prune Danish. Tiffany, why don't you tell them all about it right now? (laughs) He's such a heightened weirdo character. Oh, gosh, and he's so... He is so sick of his job. Yeah. And he's not that big of a deal in it, but my gosh, why don't you both shut up? (laughs) Why don't you spin the wheel, Blanche? Or whatever he says, something um, like that. I will give MVP or uh, MSP to to Blanche because she has one of the... This episode has one of her most iconic lines in it that I can't believe I haven't brought up yet. Um, Fill in the blank. For 100 points, complete this famous saying, better late than... Blanche! Pregnant! Such a good encapsulation of her character. Oh. It's playing her character game so well. And it is such a just a bite-sized. It's a little morsel. It's, everything it's just that a little nugget. And it is it's like one of those, it's one of the classic Blanche jokes that people say 
all the time. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so I would definitely give Blanche. It's true. Um, and then maybe Sophia for runner. Sophia has some good. She does. Again, she has yeah. that. We're going to kill you. Uh, yeah, Rose and Dorothy don't get as much as I would like them to. Maybe, maybe Although some... Rose's face when oh, they yeah. start winning. Yeah. It is perfect. <laughs> She's so sad and mad at the same yeah. time. Oh, that, that shot when the game show ends and it just cuts to uh, Rose and Sophia just looking stone-faced at and the And everyone's camera. so happy and grab doing grab the grab the, hand. Doing the, like, make a fist. <laughs> <laughs> a game show where all you have to do is be able to make a fist. That's not true. You have to answer a bunch of weird questions yeah. too, and hope you land on the grab the money and spin. Yes, yeah, spin a wheel. Uh, and there are also no categories to choose from. It's just like a general grab bag. <laughs> oh, God, I love. Uh, oh, another trivia thing that I forgot to bring up is that um, the 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 dough tube mm-hmm. was basically a big glass cabinet they just found on the lot and just wheeled it on there and like then attached a vacuum apparatus to it to create the vacuum suction thing um and since they didn't build it custom uh b arthur could barely fit in it and she is claustrophobic and so she throughout all rehearsal she was like i'm not getting in that i'm not getting in it we will do it on the night and i'm not practicing in it and then she would practice in it but like the door would have to be open which would create no vacuum right so I think the only time she did it might be the the time you see it in the show. Her face makes more sense when she's yeah, in it. Yeah. Her whole neck is pulled back, and that's exactly how I would look in that. I'd be like, yeah. ah, the money's near my face. And they're also like, it was hard to even get enough of a uh, like vac- vacuum and like wind going to like get it like blowing around because it was literally a glass cabinet they hooked a <laughs> vacuum cleaner up to. <laughs> I like that they explain that in the show, too. Oh, yeah, like, you can get the home version of the game. Just hook it up to your vacuum cleaner, <laughs> like we did yeah. on this show today. Shh. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's an elaborate set. Like, they had to make a GTD set from scratch mm-hmm. for this. Uh, and it really brought back so many, like, let's make a deal memories. Because I watched so many game shows as a kid. Uh, and also in college, I watched nothing but the Game Show Network, which... Explains my Charles Those Nelson Riley fascination. Um. The game show I used to watch was uh, Supermarket Sweep. Oh, God. It's that one and the yeah. other one. There was uh, two that were on in a row. One of them oh. had the cart, and then another one had uh, one where you guessed the prices more. It was two different shows. I, I, I know Supermarket Sweep. I don't know what the other one is. The other one sounds like Price is Right, but that can't be right. No, it can't be right. <laughs> unless unless super, Supermarket Sweep had two parts it probably, yeah, that it probably were so did. different that, seems that right. I was like, because these I'm, are two different shows. Sweeping, I'm an idiot. The sweeping of the supermarket seems like the heightening and like final act of yes. the thing. What I loved that. Was that they just had to run through and grab groceries? Or I did think they... they had to hit a certain price. Okay. Or something like that. Or you had to get the highest, you had to find stuff with the highest, I don't know, now I want to watch it. What the hell was the, the 80s were fucking weird. Ugh. That is so weird. A whole game show based around getting, well, shopping in a supermarket. I remember my favorite parts of it were just how crazy the women looked while they were pushing the carts. <laughs> They'd crouch down, but they didn't have a lot of control, and they would be like, <laughs> and they would get so excited, they'd be laughing maniacally as they shoved things into their cart. Like, These women are crazy. I hate women. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, look- my, my father. Yeah. Luckily, Golden Girls comes on right after him. Boosts self-esteem. Yes. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, so, and I guess in closing, would you say that this is a must-see episode? I would definitely say that. Yes. Good. I'm glad, because not a lot of people talk about Grab That Dough. Hence, it's 7.7 on IMDb, and I'm here to let people know 
To grab that dough. Grab that dough. Watch that show. Ah, Ah, There it is. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you for being a friend. Oh, yeah. And we didn't talk about the theme song of this show. I just keep going. It's great. It's classic. You can't watch it without singing along. No. Uh, You would see the biggest gift would be from me, and the card attached would say, thank you for being a friend. It's great. Great. That was beautiful. where can people find you on the internet if they want to talk about Golden Girls? Oh, if you want to talk about Golden Girls with me, you can follow me on Twitter at TheCrystalBeth, Instagram at TheCrystalBeth. You can listen to my other podcast, The Fifth Element, and Unlimited Lives Radio on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, those are us on Twitter, too. But if you're really interested in that, just go to my page. Go to my Twitter. Yeah. You can see the links to that stuff. I don't want to <laughs> rattle it off. And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. Thanks again to my guest, Crystal Beth, for dropping by and talking about Golden Girls with me. Next week, I will be discussing the I Love Lucy episode, Lucy Does a TV Commercial. You can stream or buy I Love Lucy on Hulu, iTunes, or even CBS All Access if you've shelled out money for that. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Must Have Seen TV. If you like what you've heard, please, please, please rate and review Must Have Seen TV in iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Brett White. You can read my words at Decider.com, where I've actually written a bunch about Golden Girls. Uh, so just dig through them archives. You can also check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers, including a swimsuit special Golden Girls t-shirt at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. Uh, our theme song is Patricia's Moving Picture by the Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to you for listening. And I'll see you next week on Must Have Seen TV. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.